0: Let's go. It is the weekend. Welcome in, everybody. Mike Steele here at Riverwind Casino. I am here every Friday, and you should be out here as well. They've got great promotions happening in February. They've got great promotions happening every month. February is no different. The 75K Love to Get Away promotion. Now, that runs from now until February 25th. They'll have drawings February 11th. And that's coming up tomorrow night and February 25th. What are we trying to win? First of all, we are going to play with our wild card out here. Always play with your Riverwind wild card. That will keep you eligible for all the promotions, all the great giveaways. What are they giving away? Play with your wild card, earn as many points as you can, and they are going to give away three $10,000 travel vouchers. You'll need that for the SEC trips coming up down the road, right? And you could win one of those three $10,000 travel vouchers from Ray's Travel as part of this great promotion. They are also giving away five grand prize awards of $5,000 cash each for five different patrons. And that drawing is happening on February 25th. Get out here. Uh, be a patron with your wild card. Play as many games as you can and uh, give yourself a great chance to win here at Riverwind Casino. And that, that's just part of it. There are all other kinds of cash and bonus play prizes here at Riverwind. They're giving away $95,000 in cash and bonus play in the month of February. That's got to make your heart feel good, right? 75 k love to get away promotion, and the Mad Dash for cash here at Riverwind. Parker Thune. One more year for Sooner football in the Big 12, and then it's off to the SEC. It's official. We talked about this yesterday. You know, there was some word coming out there. Well, there's a sticking point here, and Fox isn't happy. Can they clear that final hurdle? As soon as they made the money rights and made Fox happy, it came out yesterday, of course. Uh, you know, early evening that the Sooners in Texas were officially going to play
1: one more year in the SEC.
0: So here we go. Let's do it.
1: Now, Steely, at the top of the 1 o'clock hour yesterday, I had mentioned that there was going to be some news coming. And I said it was going to be a matter of days. Turns out it was a matter of hours before the announcement officially came that Oklahoma and Texas were going to be making the move to the SEC in 2024. And look, I want to emphasize, and it was something we talked about This was always going to happen. This was always the expectation, even when all that reporting from Thamel and McMurphy and other National College Football insiders came out a couple weeks ago that the talks had somewhat stalled. It was pretty clear what the motivation behind those reports were, and it was that some stakeholders involved in the decision-making process had put that information in front of McMurphy and Thamel and company, and... Wanted to get it out there in the public eye so as to restart those talks in earnest. and obviously Kind of wanted
0: to get the carrot in front of the horse, right? Exactly. And let, let's get it going again. Uh, you know, I know there's some stumbling blocks here, but, you know, the Big 12 wanted this to happen. Oklahoma and Texas wanted this to happen. Certainly ESPN wanted it to happen. Fox was the final hurdle. But as you said, sometimes that information comes out there and it's, it's kind of a motivational thing, all right? Come on, everybody, really? We're still stalled here? Uh, all these parties want to get to the SEC uh, sooner than later, pardon the pun, and, and that's what happened.
1: Correct. And I think for anybody that was tracking the movement over the last, gosh, it's almost been two years now. It's July of 21 that we first got word that Oklahoma and Texas were making this move. I think 2024 always seemed like the most likely year that this all would take place. 2025 was way too far off in the future, especially with USC and UCLA making the move to the Big Ten in 2024. And we talked about it at the time. That probably meant that Oklahoma and Texas and the TV networks were going to move to make this thing happen concurrently. And also, with the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams in the year 2024, it kind of became a natural juncture for this move to take place. And 2023 was probably a little too quick. 2025 was a little too far away. It's kind of like uh, the Goldilocks porridge, right, Steely? 2024 was just right. And especially given all that's going on across the landscape of college football outside the Big 12 and the SEC right now, it just makes this all the more perfect. And so we're really going to be entering a new era of college football come next year. This, This season, 2023, is really the last year for college football as we have come to know and understand it no doubt. over the last decade plus.
0: Yeah, you got uh, SC and UCLA starting play, of course, in the uh, Big Ten in 2024 as well. As you said, obviously Oklahoma and Texas will finally uh, get to kick it off in the SEC, and you have the expanded College Football Playoff moving to 12 teams in 2024. So it's it's really a perfect situation, I think, for Oklahoma uh, where they are. You know, trying to get back to uh, their dominance. Last year they dipped down to six and seven. That is the the best. Uh, case scenario for Oklahoma because this was their worst season in 25 years a year ago. Now, I think Brent obviously has recruited a heck of a class. I like what they've done in the transfer portal. I think that culture is still kicking in. He's getting more of – Uh, his kind of players into that system so i think it's a really good scenario for oklahoma let's hear from greg sankey the sec commissioner this morning on sirius xm radio he was asked about what they are looking at and leaning towards schedule wise our
2: focus has been on moving towards the single division model that doesn't mean something else won't pop back up won't pop back in for consideration um then you get to whether it's the single-division model, which has been what's on the table, that's the focus. Do we play eight or nine games? Um, you know, Two years ago, we had a couple athletics directors talk about ten games, if you want me to just add confusion uh, to, to the dialogue. But it's really about eight or nine games. If we move to nine, uh, we're going to have to do that with, with pretty good time efficiency because of the need to adjust non-conference schedules um, if you look to Destin, I think that's the outer boundary for us. Um, if we can move more rapidly, I think that will be beneficial. And we've, we've done great groundwork so that we're, we're poised to make a decision. Eventually we're going to have a vote. We're going to make a decision. We're going to put schedules together. Um, and then we'll see where people play when.
0: There you go, Greg Sankey. That is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. And uh, another part of this uh, situation, Parker, is this is a less expensive exit uh, than we had thought for Oklahoma and Texas. And we all thought, you know, these these rates, these exit fees, oftentimes they can be you know, uh, bargain down. And for the Sooners in Texas, they're not apparently not writing checks. They're just giving up future revenue of $50 million each. So, again, for Oklahoma, this is another uh, good situation.
1: It's a great situation. And $50 million sounds like a lot of money in theory, but when you realize how much money stands to be made – from Oklahoma and Texas move to the SEC and just the financial behemoth that the SEC has become in comparison to all the other power five conferences it's a drop in the bucket and so making this move a year early actually makes a ton of financial sense for Oklahoma just to get in the SEC and get a share of the revenue that that conference is going to generate which is already gosh I forget what the exact figure is it's approaching a billion dollars and I would figure you hit that billion-dollar annual threshold once you add OU and Texas to the fold.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I'm not sure, again, if we're on the road to ruining college football right now. Am I excited about seeing Oklahoma compete in the SEC 100%? Absolutely. The games are going to be a lot more electric. You know, there was some Big 12 fatigue going on there, obviously. But... You know, I'm still not sure this greed that is taking over college football, whether it's, you know, the big money TV contracts, exit fees, how much more each school is going to make, NIL collectives, all of that stuff. Again, as I said, when this first announcement came out with Oklahoma and uh, Texas right in the heels of what was going on with NIL, we might be looking five years down the road and, and thinking, what have we done to college football, man? We really screwed this up, didn't we? But at the same time, You know, Sooner fans have got to be excited. A lot of new, uh, you know, teams coming to Norman. And, again, I think the Big 12 schedule is getting a little uh, tiresome for some Oklahoma fans. This will pump some energy uh, back into the fan base. Not that the Sooner fans needed a lot of that, but I think this is a great situation all the way around. So, again, um, 2024. Now, my understanding, again, is like the spring sports will have to play – uh, two years, right? And then, obviously, you think about the uh, the fall of 2024 when uh, the Sooners will start playing SEC football. So one more year in the Big 12 for the Sooners, and uh, we'll see what they can do. Maybe they can go out and uh, be vastly improved this year. I think they will be improved. Can they be improved enough to go win 10 or more games and uh, maybe the, be the TCU of next fall? We'll find out. All right, we're here at Riverwind Casino. Parker is back. In the Brown O'Haver Studios, again, Riverwind, a great place to come dine on a Friday night. The River Buffet features steak night tonight. They've got Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. It is real. It is spectacular. Really good. Uh, My favorite over there, I I always went for the appetizer, the giant pretzel with beer cheese, and then a chicken pot pie. It's hard to find a good chicken pot pie, and they have one over at Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. They also have a great food court out here as well. We also want to thank our friend, Tim Lasher. Great Sooner, great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Heating and air work, you need it done. You need it done by a professional team. Give Tim Lasher and his team a call at Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. They will do great work for you. We're just starting our work here on this Friday. We have uh, Brandon Drum. Coming up with us at one thirty-five on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. We're going to have a great, great Friday with you guys on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. We're just getting warmed up. We're just getting warmed up. Headed to the weekend. Stay with us right here on The Ref. Friday edition of Steelman and I am here at Riverwind Casino, where they are always giving you great opportunities to win and win big, not only just coming out here and playing one of their 2,800 electronic gaming machines or jumping in the poker room or playing a little blackjack, whatever you want to play, roulette. They've got everything out here, but the 75K love to get away promotion is happening right now. And, again, you can win one of three $10,000 travel vouchers they're giving away. I think I think you could take a pretty good trip maybe two or three with a ten thousand dollar travel voucher from Ray's travel they'll give away during this promotion in the month of february and you might win one of five grand prize awards of five thousand dollars of cash for five different patrons when they have the drawing for that february 25th so get on out here 75k love to get away promotion join The folks out here at Riverwind, because they are giving away $95,000 in cash, bonus play, and prizes here in the month of February. All right, Sooner basketball tomorrow against Kansas. Uh, They played better against Baylor the other night. Uh, you know, when you see uh, what happened, Joe Bamisil getting minutes, Otega Uwe getting minutes. They looked a lot more athletic. They still lost the game by 10. Now they come home to play a noon game on CBS against the Kansas Jayhawks, the number nine team in the country. Remember, the Sooners had Kansas down 10 at the fog with just over five minutes left. But Kansas put on a furious rally, they had some calls, and they beat Oklahoma by four in that game. Porter Moser on the T-Road this morning, and uh, he was asking about some keys for OU in this game versus KU.
3: You know, one, be us. I mean, uh, the 50-50 balls, the, the, the intangibles, it's got to be like a constant check check Oklahoma, you know, that that, that those kind of things, the, the energy and the passion. You know, we were two. We were two for I think twenty or two for nineteen from three there. You know we really I mean and we were right there in a possession to win the game. They won the free throw battle. Um, They shot thirty nine free throws. They had sixteen more attempts than us in a game where we were up um, and we shot it well. So you obviously want to want to be cognizant of that free throw game, you know, being that more even, but also you know to knock down some shots. You know, two for two for nineteen. We shot it really well. Then on the other hand, is we've got to really physically defend. You know, Duane Harris, elite point guard, he gets downhill and he sprays the ball so much. We've got to have a great defensive effort from Grant, uh, Lowe's, uh, Bijan. Those guys got to have really good defensive efforts for those guards.
0: There you go, Porter Moser, Al Matiro uh, this morning. And uh, again, the Sooners and the Jayhawks will tip at noon tomorrow, CBS nationally televised matchup the Sooners have seven regular season games left and they're two and nine in the league right now 12 and 12 overall it's been a struggle in the best league in the country no doubt but in uh, six of those last seven games Oklahoma will be playing against a team that is one of the top 17 teams in the country right now so that tells you what's left is going to be extremely challenging for OU what kind of feeling do you have about this game tomorrow, Parker. I think the Sooners are a decent matchup for KU, uh, but you know, they've, they've got to close some of these games. They play better against Baylor. Uh, what's your what's your thought on this matchup tomorrow?
1: Well, to me, it all comes down to motivation, Steely. How motivated is this team to get back on track after dropping to 12-12 and 12 earlier this week? Because they can play with Kansas. We saw that earlier this season when they went up to Fog Allen And led that game by double digits with five minutes remaining. They were in position to win that basketball game. All they had to do was not beat themselves. And as has kind of been the story over the course of this season for OU basketball, they ended up beating themselves. And they ended up choking away a late lead. And what's alarming as far as trends for this basketball program is the fact that close losses have turned into lopsided losses in the last couple of weeks in the Big 12 for Oklahoma. And so if they're going to reverse this course, if they're going to put themselves back in contention and they're going to feel good about their chances going to the Big 12 tournament and being able to make some noise in a very, very deep, very, very talented conference, it has to start for me against a team like Kansas, a team that is extremely talented, but a team that you've proven you can hang with and that maybe you got that little bit of extra bit of motivation to go and topple because you feel like you had them the first time around and you just let it slip away.
0: No doubt. Noon tomorrow on CBS, rest of the league scheduled tomorrow, Cowboys and Ames, Iowa to take on 11th-ranked Iowa State, 5 o'clock tip ESPN2, West Virginia at Texas, 11 a.m. on ESPN2. You've got a matchup between 14th-ranked Baylor and 17th-ranked TCU, Mike Miles, again, has been out for TCU. They did get Lampkin back. Baylor and TCU, 3 o'clock on ESPN2 tomorrow from Fort Worth. And Kansas State in Lubbock to take on Texas Tech, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Why don't we go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? I want to know what you guys, we've, we've talked about this before, but we haven't touched on this in a while. What you're most excited about for the Sooners going to the SEC What you're most excited about, and what are you most leery of for Oklahoma going to the SEC? What are you most excited about? What are you most leery of when the Sooners finally get to the SEC? 405-651-3439, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's get there, Parker. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, uh, first text of the day comes from Ronnie Crimson, who says, according to Greg Swaim, Joe C. is on the hot seat. Who are some candidates to be the new AD? Seriously? Well, Ronnie Crimson, as usual, is being tongue-in-cheek. Complete
0: sarcasm, but, yes, just uh, in terms of, yeah, the tweets. um, I think Joe C. has a lifetime. You know, Joe C. is going to get a statue. The only question is, will he have the fedora on or not? Uh, He has been, if not the best AD in the country for a long time. He's certainly been up there in the top two or three. He's been fantastic. And the story has not been written on Brent Venables. Chapter one might be a little bit frightening, but I think there's some really good chapters ahead. As for Porter Moser, I, I think the biggest question with the basketball program right now is, will Porter stay at Oklahoma? I really believe that. And, it, you know, I know where that tweet came from and the site, and they've had a couple hits where they've, they've had some good predictions on what might happen. But they also, as you said, who are they arguing with? Clay Travis recently, I think, the one we were talking about, coaching changes. But, you know, if you're Porter Moser, I, I think what the question is going to be, You know, these guys, and Porter's going to keep coaching his butt off with this team, and he may be here long-term. He might be here long-term. Certainly, uh, it's way too early to evaluate what's happened in terms of his coaching ability at a Power 5 conference. It hasn't been good enough yet, clearly. But he may be asking himself, you know, would it be a better situation at Notre Dame? I'm back in my part of the country I'm most familiar with. I'm Catholic, all of that stuff. And believe me, these coaches think about their resumes. You think Lincoln Riley wasn't thinking about, man, I may be going to the SEC here. I might be a genius everybody thinks I am. And that's got to be going through Porter Moser's head to a certain extent right now as to whether or not the way this league's constructed, and you've only got one, what? You know, you're going to the SEC, I get that. But, you know, if you can jump ship to a place where maybe it's a little bit less challenging, to build a, a big resume for the tournament every year, that's, that's going to be something I think that you would have in the back of your mind to an extent.
1: On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, a listener in the 918 said, Heard from a reliable source that we could be entering our last year in the Big 12. Uh, yes, can confirm those reports. That is the way things are trending at the moment. But on a serious note, Uh, One listener says, excited to shut up, weirdly confident Missouri fans. Another says, most excited about the recruiting bump for football, no concerns whatsoever. Listener in the 405 says, I'm excited about the great games every week, but scared of SEC chants breaking out at the Palace. Jesse G says, excited about competing on the biggest stage every week, concerned about sub-10 win seasons being accepted because there will be more than we are accustomed to.
0: That's an interesting point, but the good news there is you've got a 12 team playoff. You know, there're going to be a lot of years where Parker, you're going to get what? Four teams in from the SEC, right? You would think. I mean, if you're if you're uh, having a good season in that league, it continues to be the best football league in the country. Uh, you've still got a great chance to get in. So the main thing, the main goal is to get into the playoffs. But, yeah, it's uh, there There will definitely be less double-digit win seasons for Oklahoma fans to have to deal with.
1: And that's the reality that people are going to have to reconcile with. On the one hand, yeah, the expanded playoff will be cool because you'll have a group of five team in the field every single year. You'll have the auto bids for conference champions. So, Everybody that makes it to championship week is going to have a shot at the playoff, regardless of whether they're a 7-5 team from the Big Ten West or a 12-0 team from the Pac-12, right? But what you also have to understand is that, at minimum, on an annual basis, there are likely going to be four teams in the SEC. I think that should be the baseline expectation, is that you're going to see four SEC teams in in the college football playoff every single year. Depending on how things shake out, man, you could see five or six in any given year. And especially because the balance of power is so seismically imbalanced right now and shifted towards the southeast, it's going to continue to be this way for the years to come until or unless the pendulum swings back in the other direction. I just don't foresee that happening.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, and look, the bottom line is you, Oklahoma fans got used to a lot of 11-1s and, and stuff like that and winning the Big 12 and getting the playoff and getting, uh, getting it handed to them in a lot of those semifinals. The Georgia game, they obviously probably should have won. But, look, give me a shot in the playoffs pretty much almost every year if you're playing at the level that Oklahoma expects to play to and a better, more exciting schedule than an 11-1 and in the Big 12 and playing that brand of football and getting your butt beat in the semifinal. I'll take the other option time and time again. Mike Steele here at River Wing Casino on this fabulous Friday. Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Let's take a timeout right here. When we get back, OU Softball. Opens up 2-0, and but it wasn't easy in their first two matchups. And there's one national analyst who thinks the Sooners are a little bit overrated on the diamond. We'll talk about that when we get back. Yes, it's the uh, Patty Gasso anthem right there. Sooner women opening up in the uh, Mark Campbell Invitational last night. Plank on the call, of course. And they win two games. They beat uh, number 16 Duke in the opener. Uh, uh, Four to nothing was the final. And then they had to go to eight innings. A walk off bunt victory. Elisa Brito doing the honors. Sooners win one nothing over Liberty. It sure was nice, by the way. This kind of officially started. The OU softball season yesterday with Jada Coleman getting off the bus again.
4: Let's go, baby <laughs> I,
0: I still love that. I still love it. It's so good. And uh, Oklahoma will play tonight against number 17 Stanford, 9.30 out in Irvine. Saturday they'll take on Washington. They are 14th in the country. That's a 9 o'clock start Saturday night. And then Sunday they'll wrap up. Uh, the weekend with a matchup against San Jose State at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Oklahoma looking for a three-peat. They've got, again, they did lose, obviously, some players like Jocelyn Alo, but they added so much through the portal, and they've got a great freshman class. Everybody expects Oklahoma to be, again, the team winning another national championship. It will be a three-peat, a lot of people think, for Patty Gasso and company, but former UCLA star turned ESPN analyst Jen Schroeder said the other day on a softball podcast, and she is not 100% sold on Oklahoma.
1: Well, let's uh, let's talk about those Oklahoma Sooners. Is there any way they can possibly – match what the hype is coming into this year
4: no and i'm gonna say it this is my big lofty call for the year i'm excited to watch oklahoma but i don't think they're gonna be the oklahoma that we've seen for the last couple of years i'm just saying it i wish everyone listening could see your guys faces when i just said that because your eyebrows went up and your jaws dropped a little bit but I just don't think that Oklahoma is going to be the team that hits 80 bajillion home runs. They may hit 50 bajillion, but it's not going to be. You guys know Oklahoma was almost invincible last Mm. year. We were talking about would they ever lose a game in the season? And I don't think we're going to see that Oklahoma. I think that they'll still be very good. Potentially, they will compete for the national championship. They could win the national championship, but I don't think they're going to be the big, bad Oklahoma Sooners that they've been.
1: That's just a legendary hedge right there, Steely. They could Some win the national are, championship. Yeah. I know. But yeah. they're not going to be as good as they have. Okay, well, if they win the national championship, if you acknowledge that there's a very good chance they're still national champions, who cares? Are we going to look back on the 2023 softball season and think, man, Oklahoma wasn't quite as good as they have been in the past? No, we're going to look back at the fact that they won the national championship, and we're going to say, oh, Oklahoma pulled off a three-peat. That's a dynasty. Yeah, it's almost like,
0: yeah, maybe it's not the murderer's row lineup of the 27 Yankees, but they still win the World Series. I mean... I don't know. It sounds, you know, everybody's trying for a hot take these days. There's so much out there in terms of podcasts and tweets and everything else. Everybody's trying to have a hot take so they can get some attention. And, uh, I, you know, I think this Oklahoma team, I know, you know, they've got a much tougher schedule this year. Patty loaded up the schedule. But I would be very surprised if this team didn't win at all. I mean, wh- where's the weakness? Now, they had some defensive issues last night. I heard Plank say that Grace Lyons, the, you know, the Brooks Robinson, I know Brooks Robinson played the hot corner, but, you know, she scoops up everything and always makes a great play. But they had some defensive uh, issues last night. Uh, timely hitting wasn't there. The pitching from Jordy Ball and Nicole May was outstanding. But there are very few weaknesses with this Oklahoma team. Uh, so, yeah, that's a that's an interesting take right there. All right, 405-651. 3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Asking you the question what are you most excited about, about the Sooners getting to the SEC one year earlier, and what are you most leery about? Let's go back there.
1: On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, a listener in the 731 says, I'm looking forward to seeing OU taking on some of the best programs in college sports as conference opponents, but it's a double edged sword. It's possible for a football season to have OU playing Texas, Bama, and Georgia in back-to-back-to-back weeks. However, that's the risk of joining the SEC.
0: Yeah. Look, it's a a lot tougher, man. You're not playing uh, your your public course out there, right? You're playing – it's kind of like playing the U.S. Open at Wingfoot or Oakmont or somewhere where it's going to be a lot more challenging. But I think it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be really fun. I'm still more worried about the NIL transfer portal stuff than I am about the conference realignment stuff. That's what concerns me still more than anything else. I'm I'm fired up to see, you know, I wish I could like just take like a year's nap and hibernate and wake up and come back for the first game of twenty twenty four in the SEC. But you know, this'll be interesting to see. At least you've got some New blood on this schedule with the New Look Big 12 when they go to Cincinnati uh, late in September when they go to BYU uh, and Provo on November 18th. UCF coming to Norman October 21st. It'll be a little bit different, but the SEC, SEC thing is going to be a totally different level.
1: A listener in the 918 says, excited about benefiting from a SEC bias. Another says, excited for the future SEC football schedule. Yet also terrified to face the future SEC schedule.
0: Yeah, like I said, and that, again, the best thing about that is the 12 team playoff, right? As we said, most years you would expect the SEC, if, look, things never always stay the same. At one time, the Big 12 was the best conference, right? But, uh, you know, I just don't see it trending away from the SEC for the foreseeable future. And, um, you know, you could drop off maybe even an 8-4 and four in the SEC and get into the playoff. Might happen.
1: It very well could happen. A listener in the 417 says positive more revenue means better facilities. Concern is getting the talent level up to par with Georgia and Alabama. And everybody in college football is chasing Georgia and Alabama right now. Those are the two programs that have clearly established themselves as the lead dogs across the college football world, and their level of talent is simply far in excess of what any other team has right now. And so as long as Kirby Smart and Nick Saban are established at their current institutions, those two programs aren't going anywhere, and it's hard to fathom that they will slip up of their own accord. Somebody's going to have to close the gap on them. It doesn't seem like they're going to lose their foothold. It's going to have to be a, a case of some program, whoever that may be, ascending to that level of their own accord.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, the recruiting class that Brent brought in, in in 2023 is pretty darn impressive, right? You look at it, uh, and you you they're, what, fifth, I believe, or is it fourth, when you don't factor the portal in? but And look, it's not quite Georgia and Alabama, but it's not too far away from that neighborhood. And that's what you got to start doing. You're right, Parker. I mean, it's easy when you're there and you're recruiting at that level and you've got coaches. Nick Saban's been at Alabama for a long time now. Doesn't look like he's going away anytime soon. Kirby Smart's a former assistant of his. And uh, we said even after Georgia won the first title, folks, Georgia's not going anywhere. As long as Kirby Smart's there, they're going to continue to be in the hunt for the national championship year after year. But I think the Sooners, again, now that – I think the biggest challenge for Oklahoma for a while, Parker, particularly recruiting these defensive guys, was what do these guys at this level have? If you're a high four-star or a five-star, even even just a regular four-star, what is their ultimate goal? Get to the NFL, right? And the SEC was the best highway to the NFL for those defensive guys. And that's why I think the Sooners, you know, trying to get those high four-star, five-star defensive linemen, you know, SEC coaches were probably saying, you want to play in that league? <laughs> aren't, aren't, there aren't a lot of guys on that side of the football, particularly on the interior D line, getting there, being drafted as highly as our guys. You know, the vast majority of those guys are in the SEC, and now that becomes a tool that Oklahoma can use that, yeah, you know, we're in the SEC playing against the big boys too and I think that's only going to help recruiting. It's going to be interesting to see some of these battles they have, though, because you're going to see more with Bama and more with Georgia, and they they have their share of those battles anyway. But how do you think recruiting is going to change once Oklahoma actually starts playing in the SEC?
1: I don't think it's going to change much at all because I think they're already recruiting about as well as they could realistically, regardless of what conference they're in. Right? At least right now, you're not going to out-recruit Alabama and Georgia. And you're right on par with Texas, as it is. Texas finished with the number three class in the 2023 rankings. Oklahoma finished with the number four class. That just as easily could have been flipped if Dylan Gabriel plays at the Cotton Bowl and Colton Vosick doesn't end up a Longhorn instead of a Sooner. So you're right on par With everybody in college football, in fact, outpacing everybody in college football right now, save for Alabama and Georgia. Patrick on the text line said, I bet that helps a lot with recruiting for next year. Uh, I think these guys in the class of 2024 were already anticipating Oklahoma making the move by the time they were sophomores. So I don't know that it has a ton of tangible impact. Uh, Gary and Rockwall says, ready for big-time matchups again. Hard to get excited to play TCU and Iowa State types every week. And that's one thing that I feel will have a positive impact on recruiting is when you get to the point in 24 and 25 where you are hosting games in Norman against the likes of an LSU or a Tennessee or a Florida, even those second-tier SEC programs whose fan bases travel very well those are going to be raucous, hectic environments, and they're going to be must-see TV every Saturday. The in-person visits, the game day visits for these prospects, are going to be so enhanced compared to what they have been in the past when you're bringing Baylor or Texas Tech or Kansas to town.
0: No doubt. No doubt about it. All right, Mike Sealy here at Riverwind. Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. We're heading to the weekend. We have Brandon Drum coming up at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. This Friday, we've got a lot more radio to do and a lot more of your texts on the way. Stay with us here on The Ref. We're back on a Friday. Welcome, welcome, welcome in. If you're just joining us, we appreciate it. 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'm here at Riverwind Casino. Great place. One-stop shop to come out and win a jackpot, take part in some great promotions have some great food, always be entertained, won't be too sh- too long before the uh, Showplace Theater is back and operational again. Right now it's a non-smoking gaming area while they uh, complete these renovations, but it looks uh, great. The areas that have been renovated out here look spectacular. The new member 7 promotion is always going on, and that means you can come out and sign up and get your Riverwind wild card, won't cost you a thing, you'll get uh, a couple you know, five bucks in bonus play to get started. And, again, you can earn up to $450 in one day with your Riverwind wild card. Riverwind Casino simply the best. I just got a text. Steely S. Parker percentage chances on signing each of those four-star D linemen for OU. Okay, so he's talking about Will Winery, David Stone, Nigel Smith, and and Sims. Uh, the kid from Durant. So let's start. I know you, you like Oklahoma's chances with uh, with Nigel Smith. What percentage chance do you think Oklahoma uh, winds up with Nigel Smith would be for okay. you right now?
1: I'll go 80% on Smith, 70% right. on Sims, 60 right. on Stone, and 35 on Winery right now.
0: Okay, well. Not bad, and, and, and Winery is ranked the highest, uh, but all these guys, you've got Winery and Stone are five stars, right? Smith and Sims are high four stars. So, you know, uh, sounds like some pretty uh, pretty good positive percentages for the Sooners still early in this process. All right, 405-651-3439, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. What do we have?
1: Let's go there and see what the folks are saying right now. Oklahoma Jones says oh, OU can 100% complete, compete for titles in the SEC until recently it's been Alabama and then someone else. Oh, OU can fill that spot without question. Frisco Sooner says, I agree with the texture that talked about the step up in competition helping OU. I truly believe that aspect and obviously the talent edge is the reason why the SEC has been so successful. Iron sharpens iron and the SEC is battle-tested come playoff time Uh, somebody on the 918 said they couldn't give JFA 11 I guess the jersey numbers have become public for the early enrollees and apparently someone I I, I don't know I guess everybody's taking to Instagram to figure out what jersey number all these new guys are wearing there was some video that surfaced of Trace Ford wearing number 30 I think Rondell Bothroyd has 80 Jacob Lacey has 54 P.J. Adabare, for those that don't know yet, he's going to wear 34. And JFA is going to wear number 10 because 11 obviously belongs to Davis Bevel. So, uh, yes, expect number 10 for Jackson Arnold on his back this uh, this fall at the University of Oklahoma. Um,
0: You're going to let Davis Bevel keep 11 over Jackson. Woo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Arnold, well, I, I, I are don't, you kidding me? I don't me? think Jackson cares all that yeah, much. Yeah,
0: probably. You're probably right.
1: Um, from the 580, hilarious to hear the SEC commissioner say that Georgia hasn't traveled to A&M in 12 years and that only now they feel like they need to be more transparent on the scheduling inside the conference. Exposing the unfairness that has gone on in the Nick Saban era, Alabama and Georgia not playing much during the regular season. Uh. I, I will be curious to see how scheduling shakes out in the SEC because the thing, that I, the thing that I've heard the most buzz for over the last year and a half is the pod system where Oklahoma has three permanent matchups every year, and I figured those permanent matchups would be Arkansas, Missouri, and Texas. But yep. um, it sounds like the 1-7 model has some legs to uh, – Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, P.J. is wearing my number, so he's my automatic favorite until he graduates. And I think we're having kind of a juxtaposed conversation right now about the early enrollees and Oklahoma's pending move to the SEC. And the intersection of those two conversations, I think, provides a really intriguing point of analysis, which is to say that as Oklahoma prepares to make this transition – they're gonna have some dudes that are legit SEC ready dogs in twenty twenty four. And I'm talking about the likes of PJ Atabare and Peyton Bowen and R. Mason Thomas and Lewis Carter, Sammy Omasigo. You look at some of the guys that Oklahoma has landed, especially in the last two recruiting classes, oh boy. These are these are I I I'm not necessarily saying it's gonna translate to team success in year one at the SEC, but I think on an individual level, OU is going to have some guys that are very ready to jump in and not just play at a high level but dominate in the SEC because there are certain players on this roster, and I think most conspicuously of P.J. Anabare, uh, who are going to be among the most dominant physical specimens in the entire country.
0: All right, that's a wrap for hour number one. Hour number two is right around the corner. We have our Friday chat with Brandon Drum on the Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up at 1.35. We'll get ready for that. And a lot more conversation about the news. Again, the Sooners and the Longhorns. One more year in the Big 12, then it's off to the SEC for football. All of that and more coming up. Keep it right here on The Ref. Here at Riverwind on a Friday, Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Good to have you with us as we uh, lead you into the weekend. And I hope everybody's having a great Friday so far. And the news that came out uh, yesterday that Oklahoma and uh, Texas will be playing one more season of Big 12 football, and then moving on, moving on up, like the Jeffersons to the SEC the year after that. That's got everybody talking. We're asking you on the text line the thing you're most excited about for the SEC and the thing you're most leery of. Parker, is there anything – how would you answer that question, the thing you're most excited about, the thing that you're a little bit leery of with the SEC?
1: I think what you're excited about is the fact that this comes together concurrently with the twelve team college football playoff and the reality that like you take a year like twenty twenty-one, for example. Ten wins in the regular season in the Big Twelve wasn't enough to get you in the college football playoff and give you a shot to compete for a national championship. Or even rewind to twenty twenty, right? Let's let's take a look at twenty twenty. Oklahoma starts off one and two until they rip off eight straight wins to close out that season. And by the end of the year, our play in football is on par with anybody in the country. And that was a widely shared opinion that by the end of the 2020 season, Oklahoma could have competed with and beaten anybody in the country. But because you're dealing with a 14 team playoff picture at that point, you don't have the opportunity to go up against the best of the best in Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State who kind of ran away from the pack that year and compete for a national championship. Now, going to the SEC, there's going to be a lot more leeway given to a program like Oklahoma because of the schedule that they're going to be playing over the course of the regular season. And in all actuality, you're only going to have to win probably nine games. I would say nine games is enough to give you a more than realistic shot at making the field of 12 for the college football playoff. Now, There aren't going to be any gimmies in the SEC outside of maybe Vanderbilt, but even Vandy's looking up lately. It's a tough conference. There's a reason why it's widely regarded as the toughest conference in college football, but I think what you're excited about is the fact that you don't have to play near-flawless football for an entire regular season anymore, both because of the move to the SEC and because of the expanded college football playoff field, in order to give yourself – a shot at a national championship. I think if there's something that you're apprehensive about, I think to me, what I'd be most apprehensive about as one who is pulling for the Oklahoma Sooners, making the transition to the sec is like, I, I think in one of our texters early in the show said it perfectly. It's a double-edged sword, right? Because Nine wins may get you into the college football playoff field, but are folks really going to be pleased with that? Is that going to be enough to satisfy a fan base, many of whom have already become quite critical of Brent Venables after a 6-7 and seven campaign in year one? So I, I feel as though it's two sides of the same coin with a lot of these topics of discussion regarding Oklahoma to the SEC in 2024. I also think you're apprehensive about what the entry path, what the on-ramp is going to look like in the SEC as far as scheduling for the first couple years, which was something that a couple folks brought up on the text line, right? Does the SEC and Greg Sankey give you the short end of the stick? Do they effectively give you an initiation ritual your first couple years in the SEC?
0: Yeah, we'll find out, and, uh, you know, we played the soundbite from Greg Sankey in the first segment of the show today, talking about scheduling, what they're going to do. You know, one division, it looks like, with pods, uh, perhaps, again, is what a lot of people are thinking. Would Oklahoma's three teams be if you you play three annually and you rotate six? A lot of people, well, Texas is definitely going to be one. And you would think Arkansas, and a lot of people think it would be Missouri as the third team. So we'll see what's going to happen. For me, uh, the, the most exciting thing is more dynamic games in Norman and better road trips. Now, for me, the thing I'm most leery of, honestly, is more hillbillies. The SEC has a lot of hillbillies. And, you know, the the good people of kansas and iowa and you know they've, they've got more farmers and stuff good solid down-of-the-air people but they are more hillbillies in the sec and the fan base is there the lsu fans are horrible just like tech fans are horrible but the lsu fans are the worst you're going to find some down low low down and dirty fans coming into norman they're going to be some good ones too but the hillbilly contingent is going to be much bigger, and that's quite frightening because the hillbillies feel like they have more voice than ever, right? They're medical experts now. They're political science experts, all of that. There are going to be more hillbillies coming to Norman, and that's what scares me most because I've been around the LSU fans, and I hear the the SEC fans, they aren't quite as uh, friendly or accommodating as some of the other fan bases. Now, some of the like when the Tennessee fans came to Norman, I thought they were great. The Alabama fans, actually, pretty darn good. But you go to their place. When you go to Baton Rouge, a place like that, those people are subhuman, those fans. So just get ready. Get ready for that. Okay, 405-651-3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's get there and see what you guys have to say.
1: Does the number 11 Bevel has stand for the max amount of yards he can throw? Listen, folks, we're on the verge of having a Davis Bevel positivity hour on these airwaves, and I don't think that's something that any of you want. So enough with the Davis Bevel slander. He was in over his head. We can all acknowledge that. We can also let bygones be bygones. Patrick says we will get an Ed O signing er, signing at OU at some point. OU Mitchell says, it will be dumb financially for the SEC to schedule OU into mediocrity. It's an asset to the SEC from a revenue standpoint, and gutting it to prove a point would be extremely short-sighted. Keeping OU strong is in the SEC's best interest, and Sankey knows it. Now Chuck on the text line says, I know I'm in the vast minority. Better to be the biggest fish in the pond than to be a medium-sized fish in a piranha pool. So Chuck is not on board with the move to the SEC, it sounds like.
0: Well, that's fine. I mean, I, I like that analogy. And like I said, the the one thing, your safety net there is the 12-team playoff. You know, if you had, uh, you know, if we kept our current system or it, it was expanding to eight, then I think that take has a lot more merit. And it's, I, I 100% understand what he's saying there, but I think, again, your safety net is – the 12-team playoff.
1: I'm curious, this comes from the 580, I'm curious as to who OU will be playing on Thanksgiving slash rivalry weekend in the SEC as the Texas game isn't going to move from October. Now, I've long said I think there's always been a budding, percolating potential rivalry between OU and Arkansas, and I'm excited for that to come to a head once Oklahoma makes this transition. But I also think there are some other opponents in the SEC that Oklahoma might just form natural rivalries with over time. Perhaps Florida. To me, especially with the history that those two programs share, the 2008 National Championship game that DeMarco Murray sat out, and just how ardent both of those two fan bases are, I think it's a team like Florida that you could could foresee Oklahoma having something of an unexpected rivalry series form with a program like that. Uh, From the 918 on the text line, I'm sure there are plenty of hillbillies in the SEC, but look at the bright side. Cheap moonshine.
0: Well, yeah, that's a good point, and I'm not saying we don't have hillbillies here in Oklahoma. I'm just saying there'll be more hillbillies per game week in Norman and uh, obviously when you make your road trip, if you travel with the Sooners and go to the road games, it'll be exciting to go to these new places like the Grove and Tumors Corner and, you know, go see the Vol Navy again. Uh, all of that will be cool, but the, the SEC fans, like I said, LSU is the worst by far, but it's, it's going to be uh, uh, maybe a little bit less accommodating than some other places are.
1: Back to the text Four. line. Go ahead. Uh, tell Chuck to not be afraid of better competition. Why can't we be a piranha, too? We hold our own extremely well in the SEC from basically every standpoint, competitively, financially, and geographically.
0: There you go. Yeah, and you know, when you look at the uh, where the programs stand traditionally, Alabama would be number one and Oklahoma would be number two behind Alabama if you take full account of everything into play. Uh, currently, obviously, Georgia won, Bama 1A, and the Sooners, you know, despite 6 and 7 a year ago, would be in the mix with, you know, LSU. And uh, who else?
1: I mean, I don't know. Old
0: Miss has been all right. Uh, Florida's been up and down. Um you know, Mark Stoops has done a nice job at Kentucky. But Oklahoma's goal, obviously, is to get right right up there on the top step of the ladder with Georgia and Alabama.
1: Well, and that's what everybody's chasing right now, again. Everybody's trying to ascend to the level that Alabama and Georgia have planted themselves on. Uh, on the text line, one listener says, I don't know why, but I'm really pulling for an OU-LSU rivalry. Uh, another says, OU-Tennessee would be a great end-of-season game. Arkansas doesn't deserve for us to prop them up and make them not seem like the, okay, I can't read that. I, that's where I have to stop that text. But uh, OU Tennessee, especially with Hypel being the head coach at Tennessee, I imagine he's going to be there for the long term given how much money they've sunk into his contract. But there's all kinds of subplots there between the Sooners and the Vols, especially when you think back to 2016, the last time those two programs met. Or no, 2015, excuse me, where Baker Mayfield goes to Rocky Top and rallies the Sooners from that 17-point second-half hole.
0: All right, break time. Brandon Drum is going to jump on uh, earlier than uh, normal today. He's going to be up with us in the next segment here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Uh, again, on this Friday, thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for also sponsoring our number two here on Steelman and Thune. Looking for a car, a truck, SUV, maybe it's a pre-owned vehicle, great selection at the Seth Wadley Auto Group exit 72 in Paul's Valley tremendous guarantee from Seth oil changes engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you coming back Brandon drum joining us next here on the ref. Let's head to the Riverway Casino Hotline, talk to our friend Brandon Drum, OU Insider 247 sportscom Brandon, it's official, the Sooners, one more year in the Big 12, then on to the SEC. I think uh, we, we saw some impact, obviously, when the announcement that was made that Oklahoma was eventually going to get to the SEC. And now that that is so much closer now, how much more do you think that will in, impact recruiting at this point?
5: Uh, quite a bit. I think, uh, you know, you, you sell this 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 idea that you're going to the SEC in a few years. So these players, these recruits, they all have this idea of, hey, you know, we're, we're going to play in the SEC at some point during our career at Oklahoma, but now you can really sell it to this 24 class and 25 class and obviously on the hey. Oklahoma's going to be in the SEC for the foreseeable future and you get to play against the best and Oklahoma's going to be playing in the best conference in football. And now all of this talk becomes reality and it becomes one of those things where a player that may be on the fence, you know, maybe they decide to play with Oklahoma because they're in the SEC and not going to the SEC. So, I I don't know how much it's going to play into it, but you know it plays into it somewhat.
1: Now, Brandon, let's turn ahead the clock to 2024. Oklahoma's playing their first season in the SEC. Who are some of the players that you think we're talking about as key contributors for Oklahoma to that point? If you had to slap the SEC-ready label on... Some of the Sooners that are currently on the roster that you think are going to be foundational pieces for this team in year one as they make the transition. Obviously, Jackson Arnold is the one name that jumps to mind, but beyond the Sooners' quarterback of the future, who who are some of the players that you think are going to be key for this program once they're playing ball in the SEC?
5: I think it's. I think you start with the the five stars, right? Uh, you know, Peyton Bowen, PJ Adebarre, and then, you know, some of the transfers, like uh, Desaun McCullough, uh, Trace Ford, I think, will be a contributor. I think, obviously, there'll be uh, some guys like Derek LeBlanc that I think are going to be main cogs, Grayson Haltom on the defensive line, Jaron Kanick, uh, Danny Stutzman, Billy Bowman. Obviously, he'll have one more year. Uh, it'll be his junior Will this be his junior year this year? I think this it is will his junior him. year. So I guess, yep. Yeah, he he probably won't be back. So, uh, you know, outside of all that, uh, on the offensive side, I mean, you said it, Jackson Arnold, um, obviously, uh, Gavin Sawchuk, Barnes uh, will be a junior at that point. Um, I mean, there's going to be several guys. I mean, wide receiver-wise, I, I don't really – know or have a good feel for the wide receiver room. And I think that, that tells you where things are right now with the wide receiver room, with everything up in the air of who you believe is going to be good players or good contributors. But, uh, I mean, I would, I would assume Petaway would be one, the freshman coming in would be a guy that would be a really good SEC type receiver uh, moving forward. So, I mean, I think Oklahoma has some really nice pieces to play in the SEC, yeah, I think what you've got to do now is you've got to continue to build on that and build the depth. Because as long as you have the depth when you're in the SEC to go along with the talent, you can you can compete, obviously. But it's got to be elite depth, elite talent. Uh, and Oakland was building to that. I mean, I just named, like, nine guys on the defensive side that I feel can be key cogs for them in 2024 and beyond. And I wholeheartedly believe that. And that shows you how good Venables has built that up. And, I mean, I didn't even get the guys like Gentry Williams, who I think is going to be a really big piece. Kendall Dolby. I mean, these guys are going to be players for Oklahoma and guys that can make plays in the SEC uh, and beyond.
0: Brandon Drum, our guest on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, uh, you know, talking about modern history when we really have had recruiting rankings uh so you know the Selman brothers would have been on a completely different level but is there a chance that this coming class uh coming up could be the best OU's had in terms of uh, defensive line prospects maybe ever
5: yeah I mean I think that uh, outside of obviously um and that, that, that's hard to say because, you know, when I think it was a 2011 or 20, yeah, 2011 class when they brought in Jordan Phillips uh, and a couple of other guys on the defensive line, that was a Ballyhood class. Like they had four guys that were four or five guys that were in the top 10 defensive linemen, top 15 defensive linemen in the country. And obviously they turned out to be a good defense all the way up through 2015. And then things fell off, right? Like that. Everything kind of went down the toilet after that, but I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. But it, it, it's hard to say because Tommy Harris, Dusty Deboardcheck, all those guys were, you know, in similar classes. Um, I'm trying to think, and uh, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, you know, because you got David Stones, Davian Sims, Nigel Smith, Williams, Waneri. Uh, those guys are really good players, and you're in a really good spot for all four of those guys. If you can land those guys and add a couple of edge pieces like uh, Shawn Ross to that, or maybe go into Arkansas and uh, get uh, T.J. Bryant, uh, you know it, it'll it'll be one of those or one of those types of classes that people look back at and go, "That was where things turned the corner for Oklahoma on the interior potentially." So I I, I can see what you're getting at, Mike.
1: Okay, Brandon, as we look ahead to the class of 2024, it's something that we've talked about the last couple days as this news has obviously been uh, imminent and, of course, dropped yesterday evening. But do you think that the benefit, what Oklahoma stands to gain from having the SEC patch on their jerseys as far as recruiting, do you think we've already seen that for the most part? We think OU's already – uh, been able to capitalize on the recruiting trail with the pending move to the SEC? Or do you think there is an additional solidification of OU's recruiting pitch now that the move to the SEC is official on the calendar for 2024?
5: You know, the funny thing is, you asked that question, and I there's somebody, a couple of sources that I've talked to that I know. Oklahoma was putting out, hey, look, you know, they were telling the pitch of Potentially, in 18 months, with, with the 2023 20, class, you will be in the SEC. And that was back in August. So if you look at the timeline, it all kind of adds up, right? Like 18 months from that point, Oklahoma will be in the SEC or, or, or you know, give or take a few months. But that, I do believe that they have been getting guys off that potential move or the impending move, obviously, to the SEC. But I I think that there's another notch they they can go with it when they're actually in it and that patch is actually on, you know, that jersey and the SEC logo is on the field, right? Like, I think that will change everything. I think heading into 24, and you'll probably see a bigger boost than 25, to be honest, because they'll have played in the SEC at that point, and they'll have a year where people can actually see it with their own eyes. Because seeing is believing. So I think there's there's a couple of other layers that they could go up. And that's that's crazy to say, right, with the number four class in the country. But I'm talking like they may not get the number four class in the country but may have, you know, three top defensive linemen in the country come play for them. You know what I mean? Like there's different layers and different versions of a class that fans can look at and coaches and, and recruit nicks and people like us can look at and go, okay, well, they did what they needed to do to actually go in the SEC. They already have the offensive guys. they got the secondary. they got the linebackers. They needed that defensive line and offensive line, and they went out there and did it. They may not have looked as pretty at quarterback or wide receiver or running back or defensive back or linebacker, but they went and got those pieces, and maybe the SEC logo on their chest may be able to take that notch to that level for them moving forward.
0: Brandon, before we let you go, are you uh, still convinced that Michael Hawkins will be the uh, quarterback in this upcoming class for Oklahoma? And uh, if not, who would be the uh, the next option?
5: I mean, Oklahoma's other offer, main offer, just committed this past weekend to Auburn. So, uh, and they just recently offered Walker White out of Arkansas. Uh, was recruiting him. He went to Auburn. So. It would seem like that was kind of a, you know, you need to tell us where we stand type of deal when that offer went out. So, yeah, I would, I, I, I still believe that Hawkins will be in the class. Um, I know that, that he's kind of drug it out in the TC, TCU move with Bryles and him visiting TCU after he visited Oklahoma and pushing his date back. That has a lot to do with the UIL situation that they're in. Now, obviously, they've been cleared to play at Frisco Emerson, but there's a lot of other things going on there behind the scenes that they're trying to clear up and help clean up with the UIL and the move and all that type of stuff. And I talked to his dad this past week, and he basically said, look, when we get all that cleared up, we're making a decision. And they talked up Oklahoma quite a bit to me. They do love Bryles and TCU, and that is going to be a problem and a thorn in Oklahoma's side until that decision's made. But I still think Oklahoma sits at the best position because I think Browse and TCU are playing catch-up because obviously he was at Arkansas originally and moved. And now a lot of things have to be, you know, with the, the comfortability with the head coach, the comfortability with the campus, all that. When you add the fact that his dad went in to Oklahoma with Levy, played under Venables and all that, the, the comfortability there, the the relationships he has with a lot of the, the coaches that he played with at Oklahoma, there's just so much working in Oklahoma's favor here. So, yeah, I do believe that OU will land Michael Hawkins at some point.
0: Brandon, thanks. Have a great weekend. We will uh, chat again next Friday. All right. Thank you, guys. Here at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. It's another big weekend. Uh, tonight. steak night at the River Buffet. All you can eat steak for nineteen ninety nine. All the great side dishes, big-time dessert bar afterwards. Tomorrow night it is seafood night, big-time brunch again at the River Buffet on Sundays. Let's break right here. We'll get right back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405 651 Thirty-four, thirty-nine. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, with you here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref. Here at Riverwind, Friday edition of Steelman and Thune. Here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Always something to do out here at Riverwind, and I'm not just talking about playing the games or heading to the poker room, fine dining, great entertainment. They have a world-class hotel. Attached to the casino. Always have the best promotions, though. The 75K love-to-getaway promotion underway right now. Now through February 25th, play with your wild card to earn points, and you could win one of three $10,000 travel vouchers from Raise Travel. I think you could take a couple trips with ten grand, right? They're also giving away five grand prize awards of $5,000 cash to five different patrons. All kinds of other cash and bonus play awards are happening this month at Riverwind. The 75K love to get away promotion is the biggest part of that. They also have the mad dash for cash. So this month here at Riverwind Casino, they are giving away 95 grand in cash, bonus play, and prizes during the month of February. That's another reason why Riverwind Casino, of course, is simply the best. You want to get some more texts
1: in, Parker? 405. 651 3439. They are pouring in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line uh, from the 918. As an OU fan, I would have preferred the original Big 12 with an expanded playoff. But NIL, the transfer portal, and the discrepancy in TV money no longer makes that possible. Uh, <laughs> here you go. Semantic text from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I think we are confusing rednecks and bumpkins with hillbillies. Tennessee would have a large number of hillbillies, but the rest are rednecks or bumpkins. LSU, Cajun rednecks.
0: Yeah, that's probably accurate. That, that's probably accurate. That's a pretty good assessment, right there.
1: Oh, but, here's uh, here's, go ahead. here's one from the five eighty that should get the uh, that should get the interaction flowing. Everyone is focused on football, but OU is vastly behind in sports like basketball, baseball, et cetera, especially when it comes to fan support. Now, this is an area in which I think, when you're talking about baseball, Skip Johnson and his boys did exactly what they needed to do last year in order to get the buzz going in a positive direction for OU Baseball as they get ready to enter the SEC. Because we talked about it at the time, back in June, it was just what the doctor ordered for the OU Baseball program because there had been virtually zero fan interest. And then they go all the way to the College World Series final, and all of a sudden you got an additional $10 million, that are ready to be sunk into OU baseball facilities and upgrades. Uh, You get fans all of a sudden excited about what the new season will bring. And so based on what baseball has been able to accomplish in the aftermath of Skip Johnson's hiring and just the progressive upward trend that we've seen from that program, I'm not terribly worried about baseball. Yeah, they've still got a ways to go in terms of fan support but i think that's gradually changing as far as basketball yeah fan support has been a consistent issue for the basketball program and i think that just ultimately comes down to winning if you're not winning OU fans aren't going to show up to the lloyd noble center and until you give them a reason to show up to the venue whether that be the lnc or elsewhere that isn't directly tied into winning oklahoma's not going to sell out that building until they start playing on the same level as the best of the best in the big 12
0: yeah no doubt and uh, on the baseball deal yeah Skip Johnson what a great season hopefully they can build on that they uh, they will open not this weekend but next weekend I believe they have uh, California Baptist in a three game series over at Mitchell Park again a week from to, uh, a week from today actually but uh, those SEC baseball weekends are pretty big too man you see a lot of packed stadiums. There for SEC baseball. So sooner fans are going to have to step it up, and hopefully, uh, uh, as we talked about, Skip Johnson and company can follow up uh, last year's tremendous season with another one uh, this year. 405 651 3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line.
1: Because college basketball and baseball is boring, that's why no fans care, says the listener in the 405. Well, I think it varies market to market because if you pay attention to college baseball crowds in the SEC in the spring, people care about college baseball at places like Ole Miss and LSU and Mississippi State. And if you pay attention to college basketball crowds at places like Rupp Arena, for instance, people care about college basketball in the SEC. And, again, if Oklahoma gets the SEC and they're not winning in any particular sport, it's going to be tough to garner momentum. It's going to be tough to keep up with the Joneses in that conference. But I think that's a challenge that the fan base can take upon itself as well. As Oklahoma gets ready to move to the SEC, display heightened interest in these programs. Show up to games. Rep them well on social media. Generally do your part to ensure that there is as much buzz for the Oklahoma athletic programs across every sport as there are for their peer programs in the SEC once they're in this conference next year.
0: 405-651-3439. If you had your pick, Parker, of the three teams, if it goes you know, with three permanent teams you're going to play every year and then rotate six, obviously Texas would be one. You never want that rivalry to end or even be broken up for a year. Um, and you've talked about Arkansas. But, if you really had your pick of three teams from the SEC to play every year, and we give we give you Texas, who would those three be?
1: Okay, so Texas is a given. I get three beyond Texas or three including Texas? Three, three including Texas. Okay, so I get to pick two. Is that what you're telling me? I get to pick two yes. outside of Texas. Okay. Right. I am gonna choose Arkansas and it's a coin flip for me between Alabama and Florida because I think that has the potential to be a really fun series with Florida I have mentioned that time and again and I think having an annual date with Alabama there's no downside to that because Alabama is the cream of the crop in college football I understand that George is making a case as of late but the college football world has still belonged to Nick Saban for nearly two decades now and If you beat Alabama, if you have that game on the schedule year in and year out, and that's a win for you, well, guess what? That's a big resume booster when it comes time to discuss in which 12 teams make the college football playoff field. If you lose that game, nobody bats an eye, right, because it's Alabama.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I like that argument, and, um, you know, the Sooners have had uh, their share of success against Alabama. No doubt about it. And I do think what's going to happen is, again, uh, those fan bases, uh, the Bama fans have been really good, I think, overall to the Oklahoma fans. Um, I don't think they're as crazy as, like, the LSU fans are. But um, I, I get what you're saying. Like I said, if you lose to Bama, it's like, well, I was a lost to Alabama. That's almost like, you know, particularly even if it's a close loss, people almost give you credit for it. But, I don't know. I, I do like the uh, the idea of Arkansas. Missouri doesn't excite me. I I don't know. It just that does nothing for me.
1: Well, Missouri but, doesn't really excite anybody because Missouri yeah, is true. just a mediocre athletic program across the board.
0: Some people are saying A and and I don't know. A doesn't do much for me either. To be honest with you, I know it's kind of been there, done that. Maybe Old Miss or something like that, but th- that's not going to happen because I think if they do the three and six rotator. Situation that you're going to get Texas, Arkansas, and probably Missouri would be the other one. And if it's not Missouri, maybe it is A&M. You know, so we'll see. We will see. And you heard Greg Sankey saying the soundbite earlier that they, you know, he mentioned by Destin, which is, you know, talking about the uh, SEC Media Day. All right, break time here at Riverwind Casino, my home away from home. Also, want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Pauls Valley. If you're looking for the best selection and the best guarantee, Exit 72 is for you in Paul's Valley. Cars, trucks, SUVs, pre owned vehicles, big time guarantee. Oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal. Be right back. One more segment here on this Friday. Keep it right here on the ref. Back with you here at Riverwind, a Friday night. A weekend is always special here at Riverwind. Every night is, really. But you've got steak night at the River Buffet tonight. Tomorrow night it's seafood night at the River Buffet. Sunday's a big-time brunch. Other great dining options. They've got a tremendous food court. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant is tremendous. And you can keep playing with that wild card and uh, take your chances in the 75K. Love to Getaway promotion now through February 25th. Play with your wild card to earn points, and you could win one of three $10,000 travel vouchers from Ray's Travel. That is a heck of a deal right there, and I think you could take a couple pretty good trips with ten grand, right? One of five grand prize awards of $5,000 cash could be yours. Five of those going to five different patrons, all kinds of other cash and bonus play plus prizes. They're giving away $95,000 in cash, bonus plan prizes in the month of February here at Riverwind Casino. Won't be too long before the renovation is complete. They're still doing uh, the, putting the finishing touches on some of the areas of the gaming floor out here. There is again right now a non-smoking gaming area in the Showplace Theater, but it won't be too long before the Great concerts are back at the Showplace Theater, including Earth, Wind, and Fire, which will be one of the first ones out. So get ready again to see some great shows at the Showplace Theater. It's a great venue, man. We've seen a lot of shows there, and uh, can't wait to have that back. And then we've got Beats and Bites coming back for the summer with the outdoor concert series, which has been a huge hit here at Riverwind. All right. Uh, Tomorrow, Kansas, Oklahoma, noon on CBS. The Sooners, again, have seven regular season games left, six of those against top 17 teams in the country, including Kansas tomorrow, number nine in America, noon again on CBS. Parker, you know, this actually, I think of some of these teams where Oklahoma matches up pretty well, they actually do, I think, a little bit. Better, you know, for instance, Oklahoma State's a really bad matchup for OU because of their quickness, guard play, athleticism, and certainly their bigs. But Kansas, this team seems to be a pretty good matchup for OU. Uh, What do you think uh, the Sooners' chances are tomorrow to knock off KU and get some momentum again?
1: I mean, based on the way they've been playing lately, their chances aren't good. But, again, I wonder if Oklahoma comes out a little bit more motivated to play this game just because – they had Kansas on the ropes and Fog Allen earlier this year. They were so close to ending that 30-year drought in Lawrence. They were so close to toppling the Jayhawks on their home floor, and then it all falls apart in the final couple minutes of that game. And I imagine the guys on that roster are pissed off about it, right? I imagine that they re- they understand how close they were to ending Kansas's home winning streak over Oklahoma. And – they want to prove that what happened that night was a fluke, that that game was within their control, and that if given a second chance, they not only can hang with Kansas, but get the job done. Now, I, I think based on the bulk of the work, the totality of the resume for Oklahoma in 2023, I think we can conclude that that performance in Fog Allen probably was a fluke in the sense that I don't think Oklahoma is a better team than Kansas. Certainly not a more talented or a more athletic team. But they get them on their home floor this year. And I will say Oklahoma in years past has been pretty formidable against the Jayhawks at the Lloyd Noble Center. Kansas has had issues winning in that building. So you are on thin ice right now. And I know nobody's really thinking tournament after the way the last couple weeks have gone. But Oklahoma's not dead and buried as a program yet if they fall up below 500 though i i kind of already stuck a fork in oklahoma i don't think they're making the tournament but you can just about close that door and seal it up if they drop a game to kansas on their home floor tomorrow
0: yeah if they're not buried yet they're just a couple couple more shovelfuls before you know they are buried and i pretty much i think we both agree they are right now it's going to take something miraculous no question Uh, Devon Mitchell tweeted out not too long ago he's going to announce his top 10 February 24th a five-star tight end from uh, now Los Alamitos as Muleshoe is maybe pulling some of his Muleshoe antics. Uh, Devon Mitchell, you know, five-star tight ends don't come around all the time. Uh, You would expect Oklahoma would be on that list.
1: Yeah, Oklahoma will certainly be on that list. The move to Los Alamitos probably isn't a net positive in OU's pursuit of Devon Mitchell. And by the way, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but uh, the kid is class of 25 right now. I would be very surprised if he doesn't announce in the coming weeks that he's going to be reclassifying to the class of 24. And given his friendship with Michael Hawkins, I think that if the Sooners land Hawkins as their quarterback of the future beyond Jackson Arnold, and he is the guy that they're building this 2024 class around, I believe Devon Mitchell could still very well end up in an Oklahoma uniform, even with the move out to California.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But again, he tweeted uh, the five-star tight end that he will making be making a list of his top ten schools uh, on the twenty fourth. So. That's coming up in a couple weeks, and uh, reclassifying would certainly be very interesting. There's no doubt about that. All right, Sooner softball. Yesterday, they beat number 16 Duke in their opener for zip out in Irvine, California, the Mark Campbell Invitational. Then they had a tough one; to win eight innings, but they uh, they get a a bunt walk off victory thanks to Elisa Brito uh, as they beat Liberty. Liberty's pitcher did a nice job against the Sooner women. Uh, Win eight innings, Oklahoma won one zip. They will play tonight against number 17 Stanford at 9.30 out in that Mark Campbell Invitational event. And then Saturday, coming up tomorrow night, 9 o'clock against Washington, and then they wrap up uh, the competition out there on Sunday against San Jose State. Quick Super Bowl pick. What do you think, Parker, before we get out of here, or
1: I get out of here? I like the Eagles. I like Jalen Hurts and the Eagles to get this one done. Look, I, I'm i kind of subconsciously pulling for Philly just because I think Kansas City is going to be in this game a lot over the course of Patrick Mahomes' professional career. It's hard to say when the Eagles are going to have a season this charmed and are going to be this good top to bottom again. So I think Jalen Hurts gets it done. I think he becomes the first true OU quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I don't really count Troy Aikman, but – Oh, you can certainly claim Jalen Hurts, and I think he gets the job done on Sunday.
0: All right, I am going, I'm rooting for the Eagles like you are, but I think Mahomes and Andy Reid and a lot of those guys, Travis Kelsey, have been there, done that. So I'm going to go with Kansas City to win in a close one. Let's hope we get a great game on Sunday. And we hope everybody has a great weekend. Part of your weekend should be coming out here to Riverwind Casino, taking part in the 75K Love to Get Away Promotion trying to win one of those uh, travel vouchers or grand prize winnings of $5,000 in cash. Locked in coming up next. Have a great weekend.